This is episode 92, Breakthrough Blocks in Your Professional Life with John. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're loving this show or there are particular episodes that you love, please, please share about it. I've gotten so much positive feedback in the past few weeks about people who are newly turned on to the show. So welcome to all my new listeners. I love having you as part of the Over It and On With It community. And for all my listeners who've been with me since the very first episode, I feel you, I appreciate you, and thank you. So I have a different kind of call today that is more focused on a professionally related question about how to grow a business. But this coaching session is applicable to anyone listening because essentially, whenever we experience a block or challenge in any aspect of our life, there's an inner block to remove, a blind spot to illuminate, or an internal quality we need to lean into, or a combination of all of the above. To shift our outer experience, we must look inward first. So often we attempt to figure it out. We try to find solutions to our problems, our challenges with our mind, and just want to know what actions to take to fix something. But then we miss the incredible opportunity to look within and extract a learning opportunity from any situation. So whenever you're presented with a challenge or when things in your life feel off or aren't going the way you want, ask, what is the message here? What am I learning? Answers become clear when we stop mentalizing everything so much. I had a huge experience with this last week. As I've shared on the show, the past few months have been a sprint for me. Since I moved in February, life just sped up and I really was not grounded. I had more on my plate than ever before. And I did the best I could to keep up my self-care and just reassured myself that I needed to make it to a certain date, which was about a week ago, and then I could rest and finally get settled in San Diego and get grounded. Well, when that date came last week, the strangest thing happened. At about three in the afternoon, I started to feel really strange, unlike anything I'd experienced before. I tried to fix it with breathing, meditation, essential oils, going outside and putting my feet in the ground. Nothing was working. I kept trying to figure out what was going on with my body, with my mind, which was only creating more concern. Finally, I just listened within and asked my body what it needed. And when I listened, what happened is I just started to cry. It was like everything I'd been holding for the past four months, the the stress and all the new things and just everything just came out and I just needed to release it. I didn't need to analyze it or judge it or figure it out with my mind. It was really just about letting it go. And I felt so, so, so much better after having a really good cry and a lot of self-compassion. I share this with you because I want you to know that no matter how long we're on the path and how much work we have done or how many tools we have, we are all still human. To continue growing and up-leveling, there are going to be moments when you're like, WTF is going on. Don't freak out. It's just part of how we up-level. 
Also, I think there's an expectation that when things are going great and our life is full, we're supposed to just be happy. But stress is stress. And even good stress can accumulate a feeling of pressure in our body and really tax our nervous system. I realize that as much as I teach the importance of releasing feelings and expressing our emotions, I kind of stuffed mine down because A, I was busy, B, everything was good, so I felt like I had nothing to be upset about, and C, honestly, a part of me was scared to feel because I had so many obligations, it wasn't convenient to just kind of have a mini meltdown. But obviously, I'm still human. I still get into my head and forget to bring the coach healer, Christine, to my own human experience. Big lesson for all us givers, right? I'm so grateful for the experience I had because it reminded me of the tenderness of the human experience. We feel things. We cannot just live in our head and do, 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 no matter how much we love what we're doing. We must take time to ground ourselves, check in with our feelings and release any stress we feel. Busyness can be toxic if we're neglecting our soul. This is a reminder. You're not just a mind. You're a human being, not just a human doing. Make sure to truly check in with yourself, your feelings, your heart. Don't wait for a breakdown or for your body to alert you with a physical symptom. Emotional and spiritual health is a big part of mental health. All right. So thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable and now shifting gears back to the topic of the episode. I really want to thank John for signing up for a session on the show. He is very new to my work and hasn't listened to a lot of episodes. So I thought it was pretty cool. He was willing to put himself out there and share his challenges with us. He's in a spot with his business where he's struggling a bit with how it's structured and the people that he's hiring. He thought he was calling just for some practical how-tos on what to do, but as you know, if you've been listening for a while, the call went in a slightly different direction. As you are listening, consider, is there a situation in your life that you just can't seem to figure out? Perhaps it's not bad, but something just feels off or like it's not the level you really want it to be. Are you an entrepreneur, business owner, leader, or manager of some kind who would like to be even better at making money and managing people? Is sales a dirty word to you? If selling is part of your job, do you resist it? Do you have a super clear vision of your why? Do you know why you do what you do? And do you feel passionate about it? Before the call, I want to remind you that Audible is gifting my community with a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. 30-day free. That's really cool. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, whatever your device is. Check it out. The link will be in the show notes, audibletrial.com slash over it and on with it. All right, let's tune in to my session with John. John, welcome to the show. What's your question? Thanks, Christine. I'm excited to be here. I know this is a bit out of the ordinary calling in on this kind of conversation, but I think just having your fresh ears and eyes on this may be helpful. I have my own business and I established it about seven years ago after being an executive. And long story short, I've built a business that has um, a number of customers that are very consultative. I, I take a very consultative sale to my business and I have people that are 1099 employees, what I call employees, but they're really contractors representing me to do the execution work. So I go in and I'm primarily the salesperson. Um, I'm also doing a bit of project management. And I also find at times I'm actually doing the work as well. But I'd like to uh, delegate as much of that work to the 1099s. So my question to you is uh, I have found in, in this new economy of 1099s, they're hard to find the right people. It's hard to scale. And I'm trying to grow my business more aggressively. 
And I'm right at the cusp of trying to figure out, do I bring somebody on full-time, which is really expensive to do, or do I continue to go down the 1099 path and just kind of manage as is? So again, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking with your fresh set of eyes, you might have a perspective here. Okay. So I have to ask you a couple questions before I can answer your question. So the people that are the 1099s, what exactly are they doing? They're out there selling for you? And if so, what are they selling? Mm, Good question. So they're executing on what I sell and they're doing primarily system level uh, work in sales and marketing systems. Okay. So they're kind of very technical. They're representing sort of you, you make the sale and then they go in and do the work. Yes, correct. Okay. And what do you find most frustrating about them? You said it's hard to find the right people and to scale it. How, how, how is it hard? It's hard on a couple levels. First, these guys are typically either part-timing with me and doing other projects for themselves or for other people, um, or they have full-time jobs and they're moonlighting. But they, And I know that going in. So you know, I'm getting kind of extra cycles uh, here and there. And so usually the product is consistent, meaning everybody usually delivers on what they promise, but I don't always have immediate capacity to answer client questions. That's a frustration. And then finding people that are more dedicated to my cause and my effort than, you know, whatever else that they're working on, that too is a challenge. Okay. I'm going to ask you questions that you're going to think have absolutely nothing to do with your business, (laughs) but you said you, you said you wanted fresh eyes. So here you go. Exactly. How do you feel about sales? (laughs) Great question. I've come to learn and love it. I don't particularly like a lot of the rejection portion of it, but it's the fact of the matter is if I don't do it, I don't eat. So I've learned it and uh, I've done a pretty good job with it. Right, because I noticed your your voice cracked when you said sale for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it's not something that naturally comes to me. It's something I've had to really work on. Right, and I acknowledge you for working on that. That's great. That's something that hasn't come naturally to you, you've learned how to do. but And that's that's great. That's sort of like the first step of success. But doing something for survival only will only get us so far. And you're, you're the top of this business, right? Everything kind of depends on you. You're at the helm. Correct. And if something's a little off in you, then that's going to affect the people that you attract to the business, both as your 1099s or your employees, if you go that direction and your customers. Good point. So let's look at why you don't love sales. And what is hard about rejection? Why is rejection a pain point for you? Mm. So I, I used to live out in the, in California, not too far from you, when I was in the service. And I think one of two things, either when I was brought up in the service, we're very literal people. You know, when somebody says X, you know, they mean X, like, you know, go take the hill, you go take the hill. In sales, it's not like that. People tell you things and there's a difference between what they say and what they mean and kind of deciphering that has taken me a while to kind of grasp. So I think that and the fact that I'm a very literal person. So I can't say it's the military officer in me that, that comes across that way. I'm a very literal person. So when somebody says, you know, 
says something to me, I take it at face value. And I think that coupled with, um, I don't find it a great use of time when I've engaged in, with somebody for a period of time and it doesn't lead to a positive outcome. It's frustrating. So for me, you know, like who wouldn't want to have, um, a hit in every conversation, right? Regardless of how your interaction is. Uh, but when, you know, you swing 20 times and you miss 19, that's the 19 times is not thrilling for me and probably not thrilling for anybody. But that's the other aspect that I, I kind of wrestle with. I hear you. And what do you make rejection mean about you? I have a tendency to take it very personally. Okay. So when you take it personally, like what's the story in your head? What do you tell yourself? What do you make it mean? Sometimes I just feel like I ask questions of what I could have done differently or what, why, why things didn't go the way they went. And, you know, I, I, I do a lot of introspection, like what, what could I have done differently to get a different outcome? And that's useful to do, but if we're doing it in the energetic of beating ourselves up and making ourselves wrong, then it's a yes. different approach. Yep. And yep. you probably are doing it in that energetic because you also have, if I don't make this sale, I don't eat. So in a sense, even though you and I like rationally know it's not life or death, on an unconscious right. level, it feels like life or death. So every time right. the rejection hits, it's like, oh my God, am I going to be able to eat? Am I going to die? It's, it's, it's that threatening on some level, which has an effect on you long-term and has an effect on your business. So let me just bookmark this for a second and ask you another question. Why do you do what you do? Why this business? What's your why? So I've got twin girls that I'm trying to uh, put through college and I've got funds set aside for them, but you know, just kind of keeping afloat. And also I really enjoy this part of the business. I am successful in it and kind of in my industry, I'm pretty well known. So I I think the combination of, you know, family combined with, uh, it's something that I really like to do. Those are kind of the whys that drive me. Not the sales part, but the actual thing you're selling is what you like to do. Is that what you mean? Yes, correct. Okay. Okay. And how does it, other than contributing to your family, how does your product or service impact people? Why do they need it? They typically, the the most senior person that I'm selling into is usually a head of marketing and they need it for their career longevity. The average head of marketing tenure is about anywhere from 18 to 24 months, believe it or not, for business to business marketers. And so what I'm doing is I'm giving them insurance to extend their longevity. Okay. Got it. So they're going to be more profitable and around for a longer period of time, basically. That's, that's the plan or that's the hope. By us executing on things that bring them more revenue, more credibility, more recognition that they in turn will, will extend. And I have heard that from one of my clients directly. So it's not just me thinking that. It's actually a client who has said that to me. So you're helping them survive. Correct. Great. Okay. So if I was going into, let's say, pitch myself for a keynote speech or something like that. Right. And I 
really hate getting a no. I hate rejection because when someone tells me no, I'm really hard on myself and I think I did something wrong. And so there's a lot of pressure that I'm putting on myself when I go into the situation. And I give a good speech, I give a good pitch, and I give a good speech. But at the end of it, like the end of the, the day, who am I more focused on when I'm pitching myself? Me or them? Me. Exactly. I should be them, but if I'm beating myself up, if you're asking me that question, I'm probably focused more on me than them. Exactly. So in a lot of ways, you're wanting to avoid the pain of rejection because you beat the crap out of yourself afterwards. Right. And as much as you believe in your service and you believe you can help people, there's not enough focus on them, on really connecting to them and really enrolling them in your vision versus selling your product. And here's the up-leveling for you. You have been in the service, you're linear, you're logical, that's great. That's probably why you're in a business that involves software and systems. But software and systems don't connect people. There has to be like a different part. The difference between selling something to someone and enrolling them is really getting them into your vision and your why. Yes. And also their model of the world. To what degree do you think that you do that? Uh, I could definitely improve on that. How could you improve? I try, but I think I could probably put a little bit more concentrated effort behind that. How could you do that? Probably by thinking about the pressures that they're under and uh, reframing the approach a little bit more through their um, pain points or their eyes as opposed to mine. Yeah. Uh, my needs. Yeah. Yeah. Cause also energetically, they're going to feel your neediness. True. And that's a turnoff for a lot of people because someone that feels needy doesn't feel trustworthy. Interesting. And as much as we like to think that we communicate only with words, we communicate much more with our energy. And so if you go in really trusting yourself, not being needy, but really being so passionate about what you do. And also, you understand the fear of survival because that's been what's driven you for so long and what's motivated a lot of your choices. And they're going to have that. CEOs are the people you're pitching to, decision makers at companies, have a fear of survival when it comes to their business. You understand that and you can speak to yes. that. And you can speak to it not just from your logical mind, but from your heart and from, from really, really getting it and being able to paint a picture for them that helps them see how your product service could ease some of their fears around surviving and thriving. And so my coaching to you, I know you asked me about your employees. Sure. We're going to get to that, but it's okay. more, it's more about you and it's more about changing the way that you look at your role, look at the way that you do enrollment and, and really look at the, the energy it's riding on because this kind of rejection issue is also leaking into the 1099ers that you're attracting. You're even kind of getting rejected by them in the sense that they're not, you're not getting their 100%. They're not enrolled right. in your vision at all. You might have to be hiring and rehiring and replacing people time and time again. Um, and, yes. and so that's, that takes up a lot of, energetic real estate for you. Yes. 
So how do you think changing your approach could change things? Uh, well, I could definitely see it on the sales side of getting the business. As far as the retaining of employees um, and sales side being back to your enrolling, I like your your word choice there of enrolling as opposed to sell. Um, I, I really like that a lot. Um, I don't know about the 1099 portion of it. I could see what you're saying about the energy will automatically kind of carry over. Um, I, I, I guess maybe what I need to do is probably enroll them as well, uh, as I think about it out loud and find out what it, it, it's not the, you know, X number of dollars an hour. It may be the X number of dollars an hour, but I guess what I've not really done is thought about it from an enrollment viewpoint to them mm-hmm. of what, what each person needs to be enrolled or what the the definition of enrollment is to them. Yep. That's probably the aspect that I've got to think through. Yeah. What, what their, what connect them to your why, find out what their why is and figure out what makes them want to do this and what makes them be right. excited about it so that they feel, cause here's the thing. We all want to feel like we make a difference. Right. We all want to feel like we have a purpose. It's so important at that level. And as someone who's hiring and managing people and as a leader and as someone who is at the core of this so that you, everyone that's working with you and for you is a reflection of you, it, it's incumbent upon you to create the culture. And just because someone's a 1099 doesn't mean that they shouldn't buy into the culture you're creating. It's a great point. It's a great, great point. And also a potential blind spot given what I mentioned earlier about my, you know, quote unquote service. Uh, enrollment is not something that I grew up on. So it's not something that I've really thought a lot about, but definitely I'm thinking about it now. So, so yeah. Why'd you join the service? Uh, I paid for my undergrad and it was a good opportunity to get out of uh, the Northeast and, and explore the world. Plus, I was a third-generation veteran, so. Okay. Well, thank you for your service, first of all. Oh, thank you. And growing up, middle school, high school, even in the service, but mostly, you know, kind of more your adolescent years, what was your social life like? It was pretty good. Okay. It wasn't great, but it was it was decent. Got better with time, like I guess anybody. <laughs> How was it not great? How was it not great? Yeah, it was probably awkward during the awkward years of maybe like a freshman or sophomore year of high school, but um, it, every year just kept getting better. And certainly, same thing with college. Like the first year was not so great, but sophomore, junior, you know, as time went on, things got better. Okay. So, so did you feel but like traumatic? Okay, great. So growing up, like think back, kind of adolescent years, did you f- have a feeling like you felt like you belonged, and that you felt connected to people? Um, belonged and connected to people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't think of times that I, I was disconnected or felt, well, let me think about that. But I, I, again, probably as I, if I was critical about it, maybe like my freshman year of, of high school or my freshman year of college, maybe less so. But as time went on, I definitely felt connected. Okay. So that may be a little bit of what's happening too. 
right? Because when I kind of like look at it energetically and intuitively, it's like you're kind of this one-man band (laughs) trying to get all these other people to play their instruments. Yes. And there's been times in your life where you didn't feel connected, you didn't feel like you belong, you had to work on it. And over time, you did feel that way. So kind of as homework and as something to think about, want you to think about what bridged that gap from feeling a little disconnected and isolated to really feeling like a part of something and really feeling like you belonged. And so you were a member of the band and not just the one man band because there's a little bit of a separation and it doesn't matter that they're 1099s. Most people that work with me are 1099s, but they feel like they're part of a team. They feel like they belong to something. And I think that there's a level of protection that, that you keep yourself at that you know, you, you know, you can rely on yourself and you're independent and it protects you from getting hurt or getting emotionally invested or whatever. But that layer of protection may be also blocking you from being able to attract, hire, and maintain the kind of employees that are going to create a culture and, and give you a sense right. of belonging in your own company. Right. Which I've given zero thought to. And yeah, I could see that as definitely an opportunity, especially with the uh, 1099ers and making them, again, back to the enrolling or enrolling them as part of that that team or that team feeling. Right. Right. So the way you kind of had it set up was I have this business. It's all on me. I have to go in and make this sale, convince these people to like me, convince them to buy my product. Otherwise, I don't eat. And then I've got all these other people who really don't want to work for me, who aren't the best people anyway, and I don't know how to scale them, that I've got to manage all them too. That was sort of the programming that was running. And then underneath that is a little bit of the self-doubt and a little bit of those, you know, we all have those kind of core wounds and rejection issues of like, you know, do I really deserve this? Am I really good enough? Like all that stuff. That's very human for all that to come up. And that's what causes us to project and protect and all those kind of things. So if that's sort of like where you're operating, it's like the upgrade. Yes, see yourself as a leader, to see yourself as an entrepreneur, but to also see yourself belonging to a bigger vision and a bigger picture and enrolling not just your clients, but the people that are working for you in that and becoming a little less transactional and a little bit more mm-hmm. leaning into more connection. Yes. Yeah, I could, yeah. I, I think uh, going back to your enroll, that word is really sticking with me. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I hear what you're saying loud and clear. What are some of your takeaways from our talk? You know, I think uh, a couple. I think, one, I'm going to rethink the whole approach, you know, sales versus enrolling on the top side, and then also think about it from, uh, um, really the 1099s who I shouldn't give an impression that they're not, they're not good. They're all very, very good people. In fact, they're really, really good, but getting their mind share has been challenging. I think if I, uh, the takeaway there is I need to think about how I enroll them just like I enroll mm-hmm. on the other side of the equation and, and think about what is it that I'm looking at team wise and I'm trying to create or make them feel, um, as part of a team. So, they don't feel like a quote unquote 1099. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, nobody wants to feel like that. And, and uh, um, I am very loyal to them, but, you know, 
I think I could work on that. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. I could definitely work on it. And it's not something, you know, I'm just trying like your business was probably at one point. It's not like I'm between a rock and a hard place. I, oh my God, if the deal doesn't close, I'm not going to make the mortgage. But, um, you know, what you hunt is what you, you eat, uh, in, in essence, or what, you know, what comes in is what, you know, what you close is what you end up, um, you know, as, as your revenue, your income. It's not like having a corporate job where every month you get a paycheck. So it's just different. It's a different right. mindset or a different mentality. Right. Well, and it's, that's a little fear based. Right, because you can come from that yeah. place, or thank God I don't get a corporate paycheck because there's no ceiling. <laughs> I never have to ask for a raise. Like it's it's infinite possibilities. Right. So so John, the growth is is really kind of looking at how you look at things, right? And looking yeah. how where am I coming from fear? or Am I coming from possibility? Yep. Yeah. Am I coming from wanting to protect myself from rejection, or am I coming from really wanting to connect? The other thing is to really lean on your experiences. You've had the experience of feeling not part of something and then feeling part of something, like in your social life. You've had the experience of being worried for your own survival, like a lot of your clients are. And you've also had the experience in the military of seeing how teams are created. Strong bonds are formed there. You know how to do that. And bring more of that to your business. You've got the logical, you've got the strategic, you've got all that. Bring more heart. And I'm not saying that in a woo-woo, cheesy kind of way, but let yourself feel a little bit more um, connection, passion, inspiration. And also like let yourself start to feel like more of a leader and less of an ex- just an executor. Yeah, great points. Great, great points. And that's exactly why I wanted to ask, because I think having a fresh set of eyes outside of my industry would, would, uh, help me look at it differently. So, uh, very thankful that you, you went through this with me. My pleasure. Did it, was it valuable for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Absolutely. Great. It, it exceeded expectations because I wasn't sure. I'm like, you know, I'll put this out there and see if, uh, see if it'll work or, or not work. And, uh, yeah, you, you've nailed it in 22 minutes or less. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> well, you know what? That's the thing, but you were ready to hear it. it. It, it, thank you for that. And I received that and you were ready to hear it. And, and it's important sure. to acknowledge yourself for that. You're, you, you're wanting to shift how you approach your business. So it can feel better to you. You don't want to just be in survival mode. That gets really right. old. Yes. You want to have fun totally with does. that and feel connected with people and build a culture. And, and then from that, you know, from the 1099s, there might be someone that comes in that does sales with you. So it's not all on you. You may want to bring someone on to an employee. It's like that will become clear. Invest in them now. Start to really become a leader, connect, enroll. And, and then some stars may start to shine and you'll get clarity about whether or not to, to bring some people, to move some people around, to make some people employees. Focus on this now, and then the rest will become clear. Sounds good. Awesome. Sounds great. Excellent. I so appreciated John's willingness to seek out a fresh set of eyes to get a new perspective on his situation. When we're attempting to figure things out on our own or by only going to the same people for guidance, it's more challenging to get a new insight that could potentially shift our situation. Remember, the spiritual definition of a miracle is a change in perception. So if you're having trouble 
shifting or finding a solution, perhaps it's time to try a more out of the box approach. And that doesn't necessarily mean seeking out a life coach or coming on my podcast, although of course I'd love to support you. Often it's getting out of your own head. In last week's episode, I talked about the power of things like breath work and dance to bypass the mind and access the inner knowing. Even a great hike or spending time in nature can do the trick. Or asking somebody with a completely different point of view from a totally different world or profession can also give you some valuable insight. As Einstein said, no problem can be solved at the level at which it's created. I see too many entrepreneurs and professionals attempt to tackle business problems using only their business and logical mind, and it only gets them so far. That's why my coaching to John was really about getting him out of his head and more into his heart. It is clear he's very smart and is already successful, plus he has a background in being in the service, which has given him a high work ethic. There's no issue around his accountability or drive. The block was more about how he was perceiving himself and his situation. So there were several perceptions we needed to switch. Let's review them. First, we had to get him out of survival mode because that perpetuates a feeling of fear and projects an energy of neediness. When something feels so life or death, like I won't be able to eat, it puts so much internal pressure on us. So we are more connected to fear than love. When we're in fear, like John was, we don't have as much access to our intuition, creativity, and confidence. Fear also has the vibe of scarcity, which is not a great vibe to be in, especially when you're in sales. When we're out of fear, then we can approach any situation with love. And that doesn't mean we need to be all mushy and bring a basket of butterflies and rainbows with us. That's not all love is. John can be very masculine and professional and be in the vibe of love so he is more connected to his confidence, passion, and inner knowing so that the most aligned words will flow out of his mouth and he'll be able to connect to people and enroll them. Which brings me to the next thing we needed to shift was his perception of selling. In his first couple sentences, when he said the word sales, his voice cracked, which was my indicator that something was off there. For him, selling was more of a means to an end. He didn't really like it. He didn't enjoy it. So that's why I worked on shifting from selling to really enrolling and connecting with people. You heard he likes connecting with people. He likes being part of something. So we needed to get kind of the sales thing off of it because a lot of us have kind of a sales is sleazy sort of feeling towards it. But when we focus on enrolling and connecting with the people he's going to serve and really helping them get out of survival mode, that's when the dots started to connect for him. All right. So the next shift was around how he was experiencing every no he got from clients and even his 1099 employees not being on top of things or sticking around as rejection. You know, he was experiencing any kind of no as personal rejection. That was a huge pain point for him and he was continuing to create it and having to push really hard for the yeses to avoid it. You've heard me talk on the show about avoidance traps, which are the traps we fall into because we spend more time and energy avoiding what we don't want rather than going after what we do. John's was rejection. So we had to get him out of that trap by shifting his perspective to connecting, to focus on connecting rather than being afraid of rejection. I helped him get that by connecting him back to a time when he didn't feel a sense of belonging, but eventually he did start to feel it. And John, if you're listening now, I'd also suggest reflecting on those times and doing some writing about the things you did to create that connection. And finally, we talked about his why. Again, because he was so focused on the challenges he was facing and avoiding rejection, he wasn't connected to his why, his vision, and was not enrolling himself, his clients, or his hires into that vision. Look, we all need to feel like we matter, like we have purpose, like we're part of something. That's why vision is so important. And it also keeps us going when we have to do the mundane things. 
John may not like the initial sales pitch, but if he's connected to his why, it's going to feel a lot more exciting to him. He likes the end result. He likes the product and service he's offering. Same goes for his 1099s. If they're more connected to the vision, they're going to show up differently and be better representatives of him and his vision. So I turn it back to you. If you feel a bit stuck or challenged in any area of your life, how can you look at it from a different perspective? Stop trying to figure it out and be curious. Explore the different ways of approaching it and check in to see what resonated with you during this coaching session with John. So some takeaways for you. What's your avoidance trap? Is it rejection? What do you spend so much time avoiding that you're not focusing enough time on really bringing in the things you want? If you are in sales, is there something you need to shift in terms of your perception about it? Do you need to become more enrolling instead of thinking you're just selling? Be less transactional and more transformational. And even if you're not in sales, how can you practice enrollment in your life? Enrollment means really being able to connect with someone on an authentic level so that you're able to share about an idea or an opportunity in a way that inspires them to want to know more. So I hope this call was helpful. I loved looking at business from a different angle. I want to remind you all that my inner circle membership community is always open. You can go to christinehassler.com slash inner circle for more information about how to get more access to me, access to a like-minded community, more tools. You can also email jill at christinehassler.com if you want to set up a call with her to discuss whether inner circle is right for you. Sending so much gratitude your way. If you love the show, please leave a rating and review and be sure to check out Coach's Corner that comes up every Saturday and go back and binge on the old episodes. All the episodes from episode number one are now in the archives on iTunes. So go check them out. Have a beautiful day. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.